Today, we're going to talk about something that I don't even think is necessary in marriage, but I think it's really fun. And I think it's kind of the icing on the cake in marriage. So this isn't a foundational principle that is, like I said, like necessary for a good, healthy marriage, but it can be. And I think well, what we are talking about today is just like that spark and that electricity and those emotions you felt when you were dating. And how do you bring those feelings into a marital relationship if those feelings are something that you desire? How do you feel butterflies when your spouse walks into the room? So I'm really excited to talk about this with Elisha and I hope that you guys enjoy it. If you guys enjoy this podcast, first of all, thank you for your ratings and reviews. We are four away from 400. And that's just so crazy exciting to me. So thank you so much. And if you would like to leave a rating or a review, we would love to read it. So thank you guys again in advance. And we're going to dive in. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Katie and I just recently were on a road trip to visit Katie's family in Central Oregon, and Katie read me a few messages that she got from some ladies that she knows from online, and uh, and it really started a conversation. Yeah, it started a conversation between Katie and I about keeping the spark alive in our marriage, and what what do we what do we attribute having the spark, and what do we attribute losing the spark to? And so it's been really fun for Katie and I to discuss this amongst each other and to observe the relationships that we admire and look up to and Mm -hmm. and we realize that as much as keeping the spark alive is not paramount it's not foundational in having a god-honoring marriage i don't think it's necessary it is so sweet to see and i think it's so fun Mm -hmm. to experience and so we do want to strive for that and so this has nothing I don't think it has anything to do with unconditional love or in being faithful to one another and being fully committed to to one another in a God-honoring marriage. But I do know it's something that Katie and I enjoy having in our marriage when when it is there, that spark, that joy. And so we're going to be talking about that today. Yeah, like Elisha said, most of the podcasts we do here on marriage are on things that we do believe are necessary to having a healthy, thriving marriage. Like you mentioned, unconditional love is so important. Foundational values, getting your vision in line and like how mm. you're going to raise your kids, fulfilling each other's needs, whether mm-hmm. that's physically or emotionally or mm-hmm. mentally. We have needs that do actually need to be filled by each other. Um, putting your spouse's needs before your own needs. These are all things that lead to a healthy marriage and are kind of necessary in order to have a healthy marriage. But the spark and the excitement and the like, you know, knots in your stomach feeling is something that is really fun to have. And if you're going to be married to someone for a lifetime, 
why not have that in your marriage? I know that Elisha and I really pursue that spark. And when it leaves, we try to initiate it. And we work on initiating it back into our marriage. And as we're going to go throughout this episode, you're going to see this isn't something where you live at. Like your dating life was short for a reason (laughs) because, I mean, compared to your married life, because we cannot live at an infatuated level long term or we like burn out and break up or we need to commit to something more stable. Yes. Like a dating feeling, all the feelings and emotion in the highly charged relationship aspect of it is not sustainable. Yeah. So when we do have those feelings of spark or of, you know, really big time heightened excitement for the other person, kind of those, those early crush feelings, it's so fun to enjoy them, but you don't want to base your relationship off of them either. And you don't want to count on them being there forever because I don't think that's realistic. And like you said, it might not even be healthy to live at to live at that state it's just yeah. not a very sustainable emotional place well i don't know of any couple that sustains that for 60 years but you can have that you can have those sparks and those jumps of energy throughout the entire yes. lifetime Consistently. of your marriage yes and i see that in my grandparents yes they still flirt yeah and they still have that spark at certain times where it's right. like oh they just you know have, yep. had a little thing for each other there yeah. i think of my parents who are who are are now both in their um well yeah they're both almost 60 years old which is pretty crazy and they are just loving christian uh spouses to one another and very committed but every once and i spend a lot of time with them and yet there'll be times where they're having a moment or you know they they look at each other a certain way or one of them might say something to the other and i like get uncomfortable and i'm like geez guys like i need to leave and i love that that still randomly happens with my parents yes i think it is such a fun aspect of marriage and again like elisha said i got quite a few of these messages this week it was like out of the blue and i was like you know what maybe we should do a podcast on this And I'm going to read you a couple little clips from these messages, from two of the messages I got. And so this is one, and it starts, well, where I'm going to start reading is, I want that spark back in my life for my husband. The love is different than the beginning. It's stronger since being weathered. It's deeper. It's just different, and I love that. But I want that frolicking feeling inside of me when I see him across the room. How do I get that back? Hmm. And she goes on to say that her and her husband love each other unconditionally. They have a healthy marriage, mm-hmm. but it's like there's just it's just kind of nah, you know, we're just right. kind of living through life together. Yeah. But there's nothing that that makes you a little nervous and embarrassed and excited. Right. And I excitable. think Katie, I think that we can say that we've experienced seasons like that. In our marriage. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, For me, it was kind of a big wake-up call when I was pregnant with Lucy. I was in my third trimester, and Lucy is our second daughter, for those of you who aren't familiar with that. So at this point, we were two years into marriage, and we were actually at a marriage retreat. And Elisha was talking to me, and he was like, Katie, he was like, all the excitement is just kind of like gone in our marriage. And he was like... I just feel sad that those dating feelings we had are gone. And I just think that's like something I have to accept. But 
he was not thrilled about it. He actually said, and I've said this before on the podcast, but I will never forget it. He goes, it's not like I'm coveting anyone else's marriage, but I don't really covet my own marriage either. (laughs) And I was just like mortified. Like that's just like such a sad thing because I don't think we are meant to settle in marriage. And we've talked about this before. I think marriage is supposed to be the peak and height of our enjoyment with another person. And we can always be growing in that and fighting for the next level. Yes, yes. But I believe like that is like the paramount relationship where you experience the ultimate closeness with someone. Oh, yes. Here on earth. Here on earth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the only place where you can have sexual, um, like, I guess. Relationship. God. yeah. Yeah. How am I trying to say this? The only way God ordained sexual relationship to happen. Right. Like God, God approved, God honoring. Yeah. Yes. So if that relationship is just like vanilla, then that's a bummer. Like I didn't want my dating life to overshadow my married life. Hmm. That's basically what I'm trying to say. here. Yes. And there's like this forbidden love in dating. I think, especially if you have a certain value system that you do not want to cross. Yes. And yeah, there's just always that, like, you don't want to cross a certain line, and then all of a sudden everything's on the table, and it's kind of like, I don't know, you can get kind of complacent, sure. I guess. Sure, it becomes routine. Yeah, and I I got another message about a gal that said she has a really strong friendship with her husband, and I just really want to add more romance into our marriage. Hmm. And, yeah, so That's that was fun. kind of the inspiration behind this, because... Can you kind of say like what you were thinking when I was pregnant with Lucy and you told me those things? Yeah, well, so the Katie mentioned it briefly, but we were actually at a marriage retreat when this conversation came up. And that's the beauty, I think, of going to a marriage conference or a marriage retreat. Because sometimes even if you don't feel totally aligned with the message that the people are teaching, it forces you to have different conversations with your spouse that maybe you wouldn't otherwise have. And I think Mm -hmm. that this is one of those conversations that I kind of felt the courage to have with you in that context. And at, at that time in our marriage, I was feeling a lack of, uh, I guess, you know, our, our, uh, our physical intimacy was becoming what felt like kind of routine mm-hmm. and, and it's more mechanical. Yes, exactly. Just going, kind of going through the motion. And, uh, I felt like I wasn't feeling as much affection from Katie as I had felt prior to this season. And as a result, I didn't have as much desire to show affection back to Katie. And that was making me sad. And it, and it was kind of, it would be seemingly little things, but I noticed that when Katie and I would be at church sitting down, I'd put my arm around Katie, but she wouldn't really lean into me. You know, she would just kind of sit stiff straight up or she wouldn't initiate reaching over and holding my hand when we were driving in the car Um, or when we were standing in public. Maybe she wouldn't be so prone to coming and leaning up, leaning up against me, you know, or, or rubbing my back when I was having a conversation with somebody. And I didn't realize how much those little gestures meant to me until they until I lost them, you know, until they weren't there. Yeah. And so I think the first thing we're going to talk through, I guess, some very practical things in our marriage that we do to bring that spark into our marriage, because I really started taking effort after that after that point. Yes. Like I said, I think the devil wants to get into our brains and tell us that um, our dating life or the romance we had before we were married, or maybe it was the romance we had before we had kids or whatever is better. Yeah. And, and that's just like not the case. Right. And so 
It doesn't have to be the case. Yes, you can make it better. Exactly. It does not have to be the case. You are not sentenced to a life now of humdrum, go through the motions. And yes, maybe you have that like unconditional love and comfort and all those things, but there's just no like. Yeah, the spark. No electricity. (laughs) So we're going to talk about those practical things that are practical for us personally. Hmm. We can't speak for you. Yep. But. These are going to be something for us. The last thing I want to do is speak for somebody else's marriage. That's for sure. (laughs) That would be bad. (laughs) Okay. So for me, taking care of my physical appearance is huge. In me feeling like I want to romance or be romanced by Elisha. Hmm. And just my confidence level goes way up. And when my confidence level is up, then I start feeling energetic and bubbly and... I want to be noticed. Yeah, and you start flirting with me a little bit more. Oh, yeah, big time, big time. Your spouse might not need you to lose weight, or he might not, like, or want you to even. You know, it's like, you look great. I know a lot of husbands, and they're great husbands. Like, for instance, Elisha. When I am postpartum, he is so affirmative, and is like, Katie, you look awesome. You look beautiful. But for me, myself... I just don't feel my best. And when I don't feel my best, I have a really hard time feeling like sparkly and giggly and flirty. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's really important that sometimes you just have to shove those feelings away, but sometimes you can do something about them. And so it it might be like losing weight for your own sake, (laughs) not your spouse's. Don't do it for your spouse, you know, but doing it so that you have that confidence. Or for me, sometimes it's things like, getting my nails done Mm -hmm. or sometimes I this is like totally unhealthy for you and whatever but I'll like fake tan (laughs) I'll like spread a fake tanner on and for whatever reason that just raises my confidence level up up like a ton so if I crave me feeling like more aggressive and more like outgoing towards Elisha yep that really helps me helps me do it yeah and this doesn't (laughs) even mean uh specifically sexually like it no, can obviously lead no. to that but just around the house you oh, are yeah. you, you're more flamboyant and more like i said flirtatious and kind of fun loving when you are confident in how you feel yes and how you look totally yeah. another thing for me is working out you might not see actual results after one workout but i feel good after yep. i work out or curling my hair wearing something cute all of these things make me come out of my shell more and want to, I want Elisha to have butterflies when he sees me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like crave that attention. And in craving, I think I kind of put off those vibes. Big time. I, I notice it. <laughs> I totally notice it when you want me to notice you or yeah, when exactly. you've got this attitude like, of kind oh, of, hey, oh, I'm yeah, cute. Like, Check me out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that makes it, and it, and it is really fun. Like I totally sense that. And as a result, I want to you know, be more flirtatious with you. And, and it is really fun. And I think so many of those things are probably similar for men. I know that for me, like you said, if you don't work out for a while in your eyes, Katie, I, it doesn't oh, yeah. make Elijah, a difference. I think like, looks great. Yeah. Like, you're not going to view me in a different light no. if I miss a month of working out or if I, like, whatever it is, if I, if I, my hair looks all, you know, messy and stuff like that, it looks messy a lot if I'm dressed kind of like, you know, like a bum, but, uh, 
I know I feel so much better about myself, even if I just work out one day. I come home from working out, you know, for my first day in like a month, and I don't oh, look yeah. any different, but I feel like the man thinking, hey, you know, check out these guns. And, and I feel really masculine and strong, and I want to show off to you. And, uh, and that leads, again, when I'm able to take that, uh, take that initiation, you know, initiate uh, that, that romancing, then that can lead to just a, a fun, romantic, I guess, evening or week or whatever it is. Yeah. And it was just a simple act of, exercising my body and you know it didn't change anything really other than my mindset no because like when you're dating you have that aspect of like I want him to notice me I want him to like me and in the same way when Elisha comes in the kitchen you know he comes home and he like flexes for me or whatever you know (laughs) I feel his muscle you can't help but have these like old like you know like sparky feelings come back and you feel like oh you know and it's funny. Sometimes I've asked Elisha certain things like, do you like this or this about me physically? And he goes, you know, Katie, I like when you feel pretty because mm-hmm. I can tell mm-hmm. you just, I just like who you are as a person when you feel pretty. Mm-hmm. And so that's just something on a very, again, this is not like a necessary thing. And we aren't saying this makes a good marriage or no. whatever, but this is something that can rekindle those flames. Yes. Because when I am, am feeling bad about myself, the last thing I want is for Elisha to come try to flirt with me. Because I'm like, I look awful. I feel awful. Like, my breast smells. Like, I just, you know, I just want to, like, go in a corner. Yes. And we've all felt that way before. <laughs> yeah. And I've never felt is... that way about you, but I've felt that way about myself. <laughs> and that is the cool thing, though, about marriage, is Elisha knows me when I'm like that. And I'm so comfortable around him when I'm like that. You know, like if I am in my pajamas and it's a sick day or a tired day or whatever, that's the cool thing about marriage yes. is I don't need to seek to impress him every single day. Right. We're not talking about living in this place of, you know, me coming home from work every day and Katie feeling like she needs to impress me and really get my attention. But I but I will say I do. It's fun every time. Almost right. like most nights a week when Elisha comes home, I get these feelings of like, oh, I want him when he comes in the door to like impress him yes but on those days and i and i am impressed every day when i come through the home thank you every day (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but on those days that get cattywampus oh yeah and everything's thrown off you don't feel insecure about being in your pajamas if i come home from work i don't even know if that's happened but you wouldn't feel insecure about that because our love is so much deeper than that oh yeah and our commitment is so much deeper than that yes and that comfortability that you have with a spouse is amazing it is it is and that makes these moments way more exciting well and i think that that sometimes becomes uh, an issue is because i know i'm so grateful for how comfortable i am around katie uh in any circumstance whether we're thriving in our romance and in that spark or whether we're just kind of doing the routines of life in a perfunctory manner i'm just comfortable with you but i want to make sure that i don't let my comfort with you i don't want that to turn into an assumption that, that we're both really content on where the spark is or is not in our marriage. Meaning mm. I might have a lot of dramatic things happening in my life. And so what I'm really craving is routine and some kind of stability at the home. Whereas you might be craving that spark and excitement. Mm. And I really want to be willing because it's always so much fun for me to do whatever it takes to get the spark going in you. And that's, you know, contagious. And, and I start feeling the spark. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like Elisha says, I think that 
this will go in and out depending on the season too. Because for instance, when I'm in my third trimester, I'm feeling like a whale and I'm just loving that Elisha holds my hand sometimes as I like waddle into the grocery store. And like, I'm just craving kind of that contentment and security at that stage of life. Maybe Elisha is craving more of a contentment and security in our marriage at a different stage in life. Mm. So this is always changing and Mm -hmm. ebbing and flowing. But I think if one spouse wants that spark, then it's up to the other spouse to roll with it and yeah. to feed it. Yeah. And that's, and yeah, go with it, whether or not well, it you can, want it or not necessarily. It can be really disheartening to the one that does want the spark if they are trying Try. to initiate something that's fun and something that's out of the ordinary in your marriage in effort to keep that spark alive or to ignite that spark and it gets snuffed out. That That's just probably disheartening. Yes, totally. And yeah, so if your spouse flirts, flirt back. And I think, yeah, like if, whether or not I'm in a mood to flirt or not, if Elisha comes home and he says something to me, then I do it back. Hmm. Or if he sends me a flirty text, then I flirt back, mm-hmm. what, regardless of like how my day's going or if I'm in that mood or not. And it, I can be surprised sometimes by how it was like, oh, that was really fun. And I didn't even know that that was something I needed. Hmm. So something that I think was really distinct between dating and then marriage was this mindset of what we had being scarce, you know, the scarcity mindset that we've talked about before versus the abundance mindset. And when we were dating, every every moment together and every, you know, alone time felt like it was just a fleeting moment. And Mm -hmm. you'd have to go home to your family and I'd have to go home uh, to my apartment. And so we just wanted to make the most of it. You know, and oftentimes that led to, you know, pushing some boundaries or whatever it was. Oh, and, yeah. I was like, pull over before we get there. Yes, I'm going to exactly. kiss you again. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, uh, but that was, it was fun. You know, that, that oh man, we're going to leave each other tonight. I'm not going to be able to see you after I drop you off at home. I have to say goodnight to you and then go mm-hmm. back to my own home. And there's that scarcity mindset that made you just want to get as much as you, as much as you could, you know, from that yeah. person, um, as with trying to have a clear conscience at the end of it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then marriage, you go into marriage and the beauty of marriage is that you get to go home with your spouse. You know, you get I to, love that. you get to get into bed with your spouse at the end of the day. And so I love that. But then you lose that scarcity mindset sometimes and you think, well, I'm just going to have this whenever, forever. And however, you know, like I just, it's just here now as a part of my life, but that's actually not guaranteed. And I think that as much of a sober thought as it might be, you don't have one more day guaranteed with your spouse, with the love of your life. And again, it can be very kind of sad and, and morbid. But when I picture living without Katie, you know, if she were to get sick or if she were to, the Lord were to take her home, it just makes me cherish Katie so much more. Well, in the last two weeks, we've watched two movies where the wife dies, and it's brutal. It is. Like, they're just bawling our brains out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I've actually been grateful for those those sobering wake-up calls mm-hmm. that, man, I thought that i just get you forever. And Lord willing, I do. And Lord mm-hmm. willing, we get to, you know, go to bed with each other for, for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. But that's not guaranteed. And I want to have that sober thought when I hug you and when I kiss you and when mm-hmm. I tell you goodnight or when I tell you goodbye when I'm going to work. And it does when I've, when I've got that on my mind. And again, I don't, I don't live in that place of thinking, man, Katie might die right now. Katie might die right now. That's not how I'm living my life. No. But when I do have those thoughts, boy, does it make those hugs sweeter and those kisses 
longer. You know, like mm-hmm. all those things just mean so much more. And so I think it is actually good to remember that there's nothing guaranteed in your marriage. You know, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And there there is an element of a scarcity mindset that might be healthy to have in your marriage. Yeah, definitely. And and on a practical note, like Elisha said, watching those movies or having a per- perspective shift, if you need a perspective shift, or I'm having a hard time saying, <laughs> it can be a really healthy thing. And also not giving your spouse maybe what they want when they want it. So for instance, something that is really fun in a dating relationship, if you're saving yourself for marriage, or you have these certain boundaries in marriage, is you can't cross certain boundaries. And because of that, it makes you like want more. And it mm-hmm. makes you like, it, it really in- increases like the sexual tension. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, I read this in a book somewhere, and I love to do it sometimes. And that is flirt with your spouse Maybe like in the afternoon or when your husband comes home or whatever. And then don't let him kiss you or let him kiss you once, but not again. Mm -hmm. And then flirt again. But like, don't give them what they want necessarily. And it's like in a fun, playful way, but it heightens the sexual tension. Mm. And that's something that I think has been really, is really fun. Or even after the kids go to bed, it's like kind of tease your spouse and then be like, Oh no, no, no. Like, you know, we aren't going there. And yeah. it can kind of like, I don't know, up the sexual tension. Yeah. It's highly effective. <laughs> That's just like a very practical thing that I think can be kind of fun instead of just going through the motions, going through the mechanics. Yes. Um, a few other things. I think adrenaline is super important. If you're just in like a blah stage in your marriage do something that gets your adrenaline up because when your adrenaline goes up you naturally get like more excited and more giddy and like more bonded with the other person yeah i'm sure there's like chemical emotions but i have like no science for you guys to yeah so do it with your spouse that's what you're saying do it with your spouse yes so like elisha and i we went to like a amusement park for half an hour we went on two roller coasters but like that was such a like heady experience yep and or like mopeding in maui when we got on those mopeds and we like nearly died yeah do you remember that yeah that was fun yeah but it's like fun and it yes. like gets you all excited yes, or even like polar dipping yeah together. like running out in the freezing cold and jumping in freezing water yeah or like going on a date and skinny dipping yes like that's you're scared someone's going to catch you. And so your adrenaline goes up and or like, remember we dressed up in those black masks and sneaked into my parents' house yes, and like put up this, like, (laughs) I'm not going to go into it. Yeah. Anyways, we basically made it look like we were burglars though in their house and like scared my family. But that was kind of scary for us too. Yeah, because we could have like got our, around their house in the dark. Yeah, and we could have got our head shot off with a shotgun. <laughs> totally. But doing those things that increase your adrenaline, I think, is so important. Yeah. For your marriage, that's been really fun in our marriage, uh, and you're really good at getting me to do those things, Katie. Like oh. I think that, and and I think since I know you enjoy those things, and you, since we say you do it too, I think I initiate now that I know it always brings a level of closeness and like it's a bonding, always a really bonding experience. So now yeah. I look for those opportunities, and, and it makes me want you bringing that up makes me want to do that more because yeah. that is a really fun thing to do. But something else that might bring adrenaline, it doesn't have to be like a, doing a physical event, but like maybe sending a text that's outside your comfort zone to your spouse that mm-hmm. can totally bring adrenaline. Yes, or. I think like having a thread or a chat or something that's between you and your spouse where maybe send a photo of something that is like 
of yourself that like brings you adrenaline you know you're kind of like oh my word that's embarrassing i wonder what they're gonna think but between a married relationship those things are healthy and fun and they spark this like joy and bring that stress and that dating tension back into your marriage yeah which can be a very fun thing. Which can be fun. Yeah, yes. exactly. You don't want to live in a place of stress, but it's fun no. sometimes to feel stressed together yes. knowing that you're in it together. Yeah. Yes, totally. Um, I'm thinking of a few other things or like doing something sneaky again where you have that feeling where you might get caught. Um, you just like, I feel like classic ones are like being physically intimate outside mm-hmm. or in a car or someplace, you know, where it's like, you bring back that like, oh my word, this is like yeah. making me uncomfortable right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get uncomfortable. Yes, exactly. Get uncomfortable together, I think, is a really fun way to increase that spark and that flirtatious nature. Yes. Uh, some other things, I think, and these are very practical, again, and they're not that profound or exciting, but there's just some things that oh, I wrote I mean, down. stop the disclaimer. Well, no, I just think like, and they're kind of what you were talking about, Katie, but uh, having inside jokes with each other. Uh, so that when you are in public, you can look at each other and kind of wink or, you know, laugh to each other because you two, you two get you something. Know. You guys have you guys have each other's back and you know why it's funny. You know, breaking the rules together like what you were talking about. And we're not advocates of breaking the law. We like to adhere to the laws of the land. Um, that said, there are some that that you can break and it's really not that harmful. And I might I might even go as far as saying it might not even be sinful if you're doing it together and it's good for your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. That's I'm joking. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, I think that, you know, changing up the times of day that you would maybe go on a date or that you would make love to each other. I think that's been really fun in our life mm-hmm. when I just randomly will show up from work in the middle of the day when you're not expecting me. And, you know, and I come home and I kiss you and whatever, you know, we, we, and we whatever, do something fun. You know. yeah. 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 Or when I'll get my mom to babysit the kids in the morning and we'll go on a breakfast date in the middle of the week. Yeah. That's felt really fun, that too, because it's just so, so different, fun. and it feels out of the ordinary. Um, some other things, I think, are um, surprising each other, you know, just having having a surprise for the other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that showing off for each other is a really fun thing to do. I yeah, think- and that goes back to, to even that physical aspect. Like, try to get your head in the game of... Like I wanna, showing off yeah, and it might be easier this if you feel like oh i want to show off yep it's it's always easier if you want to show off and i think it's fun showing off not even just with in, in a physical way but if you write something that you think is profound you see me like hey like read this tell me what you think or hey look this look what i did at work today or yes, did you hear definitely. like what happened at work today that so-and-so said this about me and and you really feel proud of yourself and you want your spouse to be proud of you too it's fun to for it's me, fun to try to impress your spouse. Yeah, something like when I have dinner on the table when Elisha comes home, I feel really proud of myself. Mm. And I think he knows that because he knows I put effort into it and it's hard for me. And so I feel kind of like, do you see what I did there? You yeah, know, I'm always impressed. <laughs> yeah, And I love that, again, just the fact that you're proud of having dinner on the dinner table when I come home. It just attracts me towards you because I know you're doing it for me. You're like showing off. Yeah, like don't be afraid to let your spouse know you're showing off. Yeah. Be like, hey, did you see that? Because like I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Yeah, so those are some other practical things that I I wrote down that I think are really simple and easy to do. 
-hmm. but a lot of times they can kind of be the tipping point in whether or not that you have a moment of spark in your mm -hmm. marriage. And again, I'm looking for moments like that in our marriage. We don't live at that level. And, uh, and again, I just said this so many times. I feel like you're concerned. People are like, we're like in a frenzy our whole yeah, lives. Just adrenaline junkies. <laughs> like, yeah. Give me more. Give me more. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, oh my word. Like we are, I love the chill Routine. comfortability yeah. of marriage, but I do not want my husband telling me that. The spark is gone in our marriage. Yeah. And I do want you to kind of conclude that story, Katie, because you never really did. What was I, the conclusion? The conclusion is that you really started making an effort to do those simple things like hold oh, yeah, my hand. Oh, yeah, hold his hand when he drives. You know, to, or... Yeah, to lean lean against me when we were sitting together in church. Mm -hmm. And those little, little gestures just meant so much to me. And I think it was cool that you did that because when I brought it up to you, you made it clear that you stopped, you know, initiating some of that physical affection or just speaking even words of affection towards me because you felt a little bit, you, you felt insecure. I was in your... insecure at how I looked yes. at that stage. Right. I did not feel sexy, you know, for lack of a better term. Like yeah. I didn't want more attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm good over here. Yeah. yeah. I'll see you in three months yeah. kind of a feeling, right? Sure. But I didn't know, you know, my husband needed that and he thought I was beautiful and he needed to know that I wanted him regardless of whether or not like I, I wanted to be wanted. <laughs> and again, this wasn't just limited to a sexual thing. Cause I felt, I was like, Hey, like I'm totally satisfied. Our, our, you know, yeah. intimate life is good, but I don't feel loved when we're in these environments, you know, mm -hmm. when we're out in public and you, I was so blessed by the effort you made in the midst of still not feeling beautiful or feeling like yourself, you would sneak up behind me if I was talking to somebody at church and, and rub my back, you know, or, or hold my hand. Mm -hmm. um, and you would do that. And, you know, you'd hold my hand, like you said, when we were driving. And uh, that meant so much to me. And it is so interesting when you look at, I mean, we only have almost four years of marriage, but we've gone through some different seasons within that time. And in that season, I was so hesitant and I had to go through those mechanical motions. And I feel like the stage where I'm at right now, I just like love bestowing uh, attention on Elisha hmm. in public and being like, oh yeah, I'm his. And I'm just so proud to be his wife. And it's just, it could be so different in different seasons of life and how you feel. But like, it's not bad. We've said this before. It's not bad to do things you know are good things, even if you aren't necessarily feeling them. Yeah. Just yeah. doing the things do the action, can yeah. cause the feelings yeah. later. And sometimes it's fun to, Elisha and I, we don't go crazy with pranks or stuff like that. I think you can go really downhill if you prank each other too often. But that said, sometimes it's fun to prank the other person. Or like even Elisha will go to the grocery store and come home and tell me that, they didn't have the chocolate that I wanted and he's so sorry or he forgot, you know, and then pull it out of his pocket or whatever. And like that little prank, I don't know, makes me like excited because he's teasing me. And I don't know. I've always liked a good when a guy teases a girl. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I'll be taking a shower and Katie dumps a bucket of cold water on me. And so yeah, I'll freak out and slip day. in the shower yes. and I'll bang my knee <laughs> on the ledge in the shower and not be able to walk straight for two weeks. <laughs> sometimes you do that too. There's So there's something else. There's another idea. See, but you're smiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes we make or Elisha does this more than I do, but he makes me mad. He'll like say, 
but in like a fun way he'll be like oh yeah my other girlfriend like x y and z but like it's it wasn't actually a girl he dated he'll just kind of like bring it up and i'm kind of i look over at him like what are you talking about like why are you bringing that up right now and then we like laugh you know he like gives me a hard time and like those those pranks or those like fake teasings can lead to like a pillow fight or a tickle fight or you know just that playful fun mm-hmm. romantic expression in marriage that yes. I think is ours to have. I think the Lord gave that to us in marriage and it doesn't it doesn't stop after you have kids or after you've been married for a certain amount of time or when you get old you just have to keep infusing your marriage with yes. this with those sparks. Yeah. And it's all no matter how old or young you are or how long you've been married it's always fun to have fun. It is. It is. And who better to have fun with than the person that's going to not only just be your best friend and your comfort for your life, yeah. but also your lover yeah, and your right. romantic partner. Um, one last thing that I think is can kind of translate to having that spark is something unexpected. Again, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but maybe saying something in church that's unexpected you know, to your spouse, like completely out of the blue. Maybe like whispering it or something. Yeah. Don't say hallelujah. <laughs> X, y, like I thought Z. you were talking about like going up on stage <laughs> saying, hey, the Holy Spirit gave me a word about my husband and I need to tell okay, it to everyone. No. no, that's not what you're talking about. No, I was thinking maybe saying something inappropriate in church to your husband. Then definitely whisper it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but stuff like that, you guys, like. You can have a best friend and a lover, and it can all be pure and awesome in marriage. And this this all happens, everything we're saying now can happen outside of the bedroom that creates that tension that, it, I guess, tension, sexual tension can happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be this grand, big thing, like, in your bedroom mm-hmm. that's, like, this big experience. Yes. It can happen in these little ways that take you off guard and be like oh i've got the hots for that guy mm-hmm. you know or or make him feel that way about you mm-hmm. yeah but that said i mean i'm just gonna throw this in here because of this doing unexpected or crossing a line that you've maybe previously been uncomfortable to cross in the bedroom is also a great way to increase that spark in your marriage mm-hmm. amen okay We'll leave that one there. Yeah, good. <laughs> Folks, thank you for listening. And we do just, I mean, one more disclaimer. These things that we're talking about, we love having them oh, in our I'm marriage. I'm so no. concerned No, about I'm not that. concerned. I just want to make sure that people know that you might be in a very healthy marriage and not have some of these things. Yes. But you might desire them in the future. And so well, we, you want to have tools or ideas for that when you do want a moment of heightened romance or that spark, you kind of want to know what to do. Well, like... I said at the beginning, we're speaking to the people who sent me these messages. We're speaking to the people who want that spark and don't know how to get it. Mm -hmm. Because Elisha and I are in a marriage where we both crave that spark at certain times in our life. So we're we're speaking to the marriages that want the spark. It's not, like we said at the beginning, it's not for everyone. Yes. Maybe, maybe both spouses really just like want that best friend relationship all the time. Yeah. And you don't really ever want to like mix it up, you know, and be stressed out yes, <laughs> around your exactly. spouse yeah uncon- unconditional love is not contingent upon having the spark i mean i think that's no. like the whole point of yes. not the whole point but that's an aspect of unconditional love is that you love even when the emotions are are not at, at their full peak 
Yeah, when they aren't there. And I, I think the reason why we're throwing in all these disclaimers is because Hollywood or, you know, maybe the media makes it seem like, oh, the icing on the cake is the cake. Right. And it's not. No. But that said, cake is better with icing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Throw some icing on that cake. <laughs> Amen. All right, folks. Well, thanks again for listening. Uh, we always love hearing from any of you folks, whether that's via via direct messages on Instagram or comments on the on the uh, podcast you know on itunes or and also morse code no we haven't gotten any morse code messages for a while uh but but we do have an email account that i feel so bad about because what we do we've got now that we're a family email why are you bringing that up do you want people to send emails no there? but i think i think a few it. people have and i feel so bad because we didn't know we forgot that, that email existed and so if you sent us an email on now that we're a family at gmail.com i great i deeply apologize and I'm going to try to find those messages, those emails soon and maybe get back to them. Anyways. Yeah, that's so beside the point. Don't, don't email us. Okay. But we will see you guys next week, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.